0: All right, new series on the basics, is it? Yeah, it's right there on the six TVs. Those are nice. Um, uh, uh, so we're going to talk about the basics. Before I do that, let's have a little conversation amongst ourselves. Anybody here played a team sport of any kind, like, like junior high, high school, anybody? Okay, turn to someone next to you. If that's you, turn to someone next to you and tell, you what you re- tell them what you remember about your first practice in that sport. See what you, what you can remember, describe it to the person next to you. I'm hearing chuckles. Perhaps some people did not have a good first practice. All right, that's enough. Uh, I forgot to tell everybody two more people put their faith in Jesus Christ here at our church over the Christmas break. Yay, God, for that. Uh, I got involved in uh, uh, organized sports in the, in the seventh grade. I moved from where I had lived in Boston. Uh, to a, a little town in the north part of uh, Maine called Caribou, Maine. And I uh, basically lied my way, that's a longer story, but uh, into getting a tryout on the seventh grade basketball team. They were already halfway through their season, but I had convinced those who had just met me that I was so good at this game, they had to have me on their team. And so uh, blindly, their coach accepted uh, you know, me as, as a member of the team. And so that was my first introduction to an organized anything in sports. And I was so disappointed. I thought, you know, because I'd played, you know, basketball, and I was, I was fine and I got better, but I'd played basketball in my front yard, you know, for most of the last three or four years that I'd had a hoop. And I just thought uh, a basketball practice would be, you know, guys just playing basketball for a couple hours. It was two hours long. I was like, oh my, we're going to play basketball for two hours. Now, the first 15 minutes were wind sprints. Does anybody remember wind sprints? The conditioning drills. The torture drills is what I called them. Um, they, they were it was uh, just running back and forth, and I was like, "What's all the running about?" And then we finished that, and and uh, and I was like, "Great, now we'll play." Nope. Took another half an hour for us to even pick up a ball. I, I got in this position for like 20 minutes, and they taught me how to play defense and shuffle my feet. It's like, "Ow, this hurts!" Right. And then uh, we learned, you know, things like passing and, and rebounding, boxing out. I was like, what's a box out? What is that? All these, these parts of the game I had not been familiar with, uh, and it was only for the last 15 minutes that we got to actually play basketball, two, and, two hours long, 15 minutes of actually playing. I, I would come to discover that this is pretty much going to be every practice for any sport you ever play, ever. Why? Why? Because the success of a team depends on the success of its players, and the success of of its players depends on their ability to learn and master the basics. Learning and mastering the basics are the first steps towards almost any success in almost anything in life. In the weeks to come, uh, we're going to consider, as we start our year together, these basics, they're worth us knowing again. Some of you are going to be like, "Yeah, I know that one, Mark." Okay, but how's it going in your life? Yeah, I know that one, Mark. But what are you doing about that with your life? The basics. Going to in the weeks to come, talk about the Word. We're going to talk about our our Bibles next week and how it is fundamental to the Christ life to understand what God says in there and follow Him in it. We're going to talk about the work, the service of God, and how we are to serve Him with our lives. Uh, in our homes, at our jobs, and certainly here in His church. Okay, okay, yes. okay, good. I just want to see if you're listening. Okay, and then we're going to talk about the Wii, not the Nintendo kind, where you can smack your the Nintendo Wii. Does anybody have one of those still? Some people know what I'm talking about. I'm going to talk to about the actual us, the the relationships that we're meant to have and honor God with in our lives. But before we get to those in the coming weeks, let's spend this time today talking about why the basics are so important. Um, one quick deviation. Anybody here grateful for the grace that God gives us in life despite ourselves? Anybody grateful for that? Like, anybody else in here, an epic fail? I'm an epic fail. I got I, I, This is a normal occurrence now, but uh, I come to the church on Sundays almost always forgetting something. Today it was this belt. How's it going? Anyway, uh, and you're all grateful for this because I'm gonna be doing this otherwise the whole day. I got one of those old guy butts. All right, anyway, uh, but all of us have these limitations that God in his grace uh, provides for us despite, right? Uh, I know this because I'm a golfer, okay? Anybody ever golf? Some of you have golfed. It's a hard sport to manage or, or master, and I'm, I'm nowhere near good at it, but there are times when I'm better. <coughs> Excuse me. I was playing uh, this, this past week. I was on the 13th hole. There was a huge tree. Can you picture the huge tree right up here? And so <coughs> I got a club that would go over the tree, except I'm not very good at golf, And so uh, I bladed the ball, and it went straight at the tree. Now, golfers will tell you, the trees are 90% air. It's not true. It's just not true at all. But I found the air. I mean, it was just this miraculous shot as I watched this ball kind of weave its way through, not just one tree, but the tree behind the other tree, right? Right? And it kind of bounced a few times, and it rolled up on the green. And I turned to my playing partner, Don, and I said, just like I drew it up, right? <laughs> and then I got, the, I got to the green. I hadn't been playing well, so I wasn't even concentrating. It, it just was one of those days where I was like, I don't care. And it was about a 45-foot putt. I was on the green. And this is hard, too, for those of you who don't do this. I just kind of got over the ball, and I smacked it in the general direction of the hole. But I stood there and watched as this beautiful rolling golf ball Crested the first hill, banked off that side hill, and went into the whole birdie. What's up? And I stood there. Yeah, no, thank you. No, that's appropriate. Those are hard. Those are hard. Did I deserve that one in any way? Zero. Zero. Zero chances that I was supposed to make that. It's the grace of God in so many things in our life. So before I get into talk about what we're going to talk about, I want to recognize that God and his grace to us is key to our success in life. Everybody with me? But it's not the only thing. It's not the only thing. Those moments of God's grace are are, are always and abundant and nice. But most people, wise people at least, understand that you can't live life banking on the unlikely, that's like if your retirement plan is the lottery. Probably not going to work out for you. Uh, if, that is your, if that is your plan, please meet me after the service, and I'll direct you to some financial uh, classes that you could take here. It's not, we're not you know, banking on good fortune or what we would call luck. I don't believe in luck, but we aren't uh, just hoping for the unlikely and providing for our success. Success is derived most often from discipline. From repetition, from attention to details, uh, humans are, are are marvelous creatures. They're amazing. They can do stuff that uh, you know uh, just boggles the mind. I I, I get uh, kind of stuck on YouTube, you know, sliding through kind of you know little short videos, shorts they're called on YouTube, TikTok, you know all that stuff. Uh, but my favorites are trick shots. Have you seen the trick shot videos? If you haven't, here's one. Take a peek. First try That last part's about, isn't that cool though? Okay, some of you are like, no, Mark, that's lame. And someone needs a job. Is anybody else thinking that right now? Some young man needs employment. Anyway, uh, nah. but how great is that? I mean, if that's your thing, um, try to do it. And, and, and I, what I loved most about that video, did you see the time notations at the top? Did you see the first one? They said first time. And then the time notation said three hours. Liars! There was only one of the videos, that Frisbee in the box, that was actually a first try, right? Highly unlikely, grace of God, but the rest of them, as silly as they are, took countless efforts, honing and and crafting of skills, figuring out how to throw solo cups like that, both hands. It's amazing. Uh, If I can use this video and push us forward, it kind of represents what I'm teaching today. We're going to have to try. We're going to have to work hard if we're going to find success. In fact, we're going to have to find the little things that will be the determiners of the success. I, I was listening to a guy named Craig Rochelle, uh speak this week, and he says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. Did you get that? I think that's really good. There's a difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. Almost always, it's in the amount of effort. i got to get this cloth club out of here. It's in the amount of effort that they give to what they're doing. Malcolm Gladwell wrote this book called The Tipping Point. He said, an expert in anything has at least 10,000 hours into making that expertise expertise. It's effort. It's discipline. Successful people discipline themselves to uh, to do what it takes to succeed. You've heard this phrase before. They make their own luck. Because there's no luck involved usually in getting out of debt. If you're in debt, guess what's going to happen? you're gonna slowly pay that debt off. And if you've had the joy of paying a debt off, you know how that feels because you look back over the long weeks and months and sometimes years that it took for you to pay off that student loan, that car loan, that house loan, whatever loan. When you finally get there, there's this immense sense of satisfaction because you understood what it took for this to happen. And it wasn't like you know scratch-offs. It was, Lord, help me to discipline myself in my spending and help me to pay this thing off, and he did. There's no luck in having a, success, a successful marriage. I can look at uh, any couple that comes in, and if they're just kind of banking on the fact that if they, they pray hard enough, which is super important, don't we really discount prayer, okay? But uh, if they just pray hard enough, God will fix things. No, you're going to have to be active in the fixing of your relationship. There's going to have to be um, you know, humility, contrition, confession, uh, forgiveness, and mercy, right? Then you're going to have to learn how to talk to each other without yelling. You're you're going to have to learn new habits and do things differently if you want different results. There's no luck in having a successful Christ life. Does that surprise anybody? No, certainly God, by his spirit, enables us to do anything that we accomplish in him or with him or for him. Uh, Everybody with me on that? But we play a part. We are... uh, uh, Crucial, and our efforts are crucial in us becoming all that God wants us to be. Most people want success, and most people have good intentions, but while intentions may desire, or determine a desired direction in life, I want to go there. Uh, that desire and, and that intention is not enough. We've got to act in order to achieve a goal. Right hopes, hope's great. I love hope. Anybody here into hope? I think hopes are important. But the right hopes aren't enough for a right change in life. Right habits have to be formed. Do what you've always done, get what you've always got. It's just how life works. It's the small things that no one sees that lead to the big results that everyone wants. It's gonna show up on your screen in just a second. But it's the small things that no one sees that lead to the big results that everyone wants. That's why we're going to study the passages that we're going to study today. Paul writes to his um, friends who are a part of the church in Galatia. He's been uh, pretty much uh, uh, as firm with this church in his writings as he's been in the entire New Testament. Uh, Usually, a a letter from Paul starts with some niceties. He just launches. He says, "I can't believe you guys are doing what you're doing." Okay, and then he kind of deals with their false teachings and all the stuff they've kind of been, you know, uh, um, you know tying themselves to. But as he gets here to the back, he kind of starts summarizing, like many of us do as we write letters. He says, hey man, here's what I'm, if you're not picking up what I'm putting down, here's what I'm trying to say to you. Uh, It's a familiar passage. Uh, This you'll see in a second, but no pun intended. We're not plowing new ground here. Okay, most of you are going to recognize these verses. But as I said at the beginning, um, common sense, the basics, they need refreshing. Uh, I had the joy of hanging out with some of our security team yesterday at a shooting range. It's the first time I've been to a shooting range in years. And they won't let you out there. Everybody grateful for that? They won't let you out there until you've watched their safety video, right? Uh, Some common sense stuff in there. Don't walk in front of the people who are shooting their guns. (laughs) Noted, right? But other things that maybe I, 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 I had forgotten since my last time about, you know, making sure guns had been unloaded and were pointing forward and that nobody moves anywhere except everybody knows where everybody's going. I uh, sat and watched that video and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's a good reminder. And everybody came back unscathed. Now, will you stand with me in a, just for a second? Four verses. It's not long. Everybody stand up. We're going to read God's word and honor him by standing in doing so. Uh, it goes like this. Verse 7 of chapter 6 in Galatians says this. Read it with me. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let's do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. May God bless the reading of His Word, have a seat, and let's talk about the laws of sowing and reaping. That's what Paul's uh, basically referring to as he opens uh, his his idea here, uh, and he says, in, in essence, three things. Two of them certainly embedded here, and one that we borrow from another part of scripture, but the the reap and sow principle, the reap and sow law, uh, there's three parts. We reap what we sow, okay, that was pretty evident there. Uh, We're going to find out that we reap more than we sow, and then we reap after we sow. Say those with me. We we reap what we sow, we reap more than we sow, and we reap after we sow. We're going to deal with those in our time today. First one's this, we reap what we sow. Uh, I love how uh, verse 7 starts. It's basically three Greek phrases, just staccato, just bop, 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 bullets. The first one's this, do not be deceived. Don't get it twisted. Paul's like, hey, Galatians, I know this is your habit to try to, you know, do the the, the, uh, intellectual gymnastics that might make this untrue. Don't be deceived, though. And here's the truth. What's the next one? God is not mocked. Why does he got to say that? Because humans are mocking each other all the time. Humans have learned workarounds. Anybody here got some workarounds? Maybe you don't want to put your hand up for that one. But uh, um, we figure out the soft spaces, the the ways that we can get away with things. It started when when we got that first new babysitter. Anybody remember the new babysitter that came to your house? Oh, no, mom lets us stay up until 4 a.m. Yeah, it's totally great. Or you know, and, and as kids, you would try to, you know, basically work that new babysitter. As you got school age, you went to school and you got the substitute teacher. Oh, just licked my chops when that lady would come into the room, right? This is going to be good. And, uh, and, and we would just do workarounds. And some of you, you just you figured this out in life. I, I know if I'm smarter or smart enough, uh, I can do what I want, even if the rules dictate otherwise. Um, Paul says to the Galatians, uh uh-uh. uh. Don't be deceived. No workarounds with God. And then he drops the big line. The big line is this. Whatever one sows, that he will also reap. It's farming 101. Put a seed in the ground, that's what's coming out. Spiritually speaking, what we choose to sow in life is what we will harvest in life. What goes, this is the, you know, the, the master theologians from the hair metal band Rat. What goes around comes around. I'll tell you why. Dig. All right. Uh, that's for the 80s people. Anyway, life is choices and consequences. Do this, get that. Uh, Uh, I learned this anew this morning, I was uh, pulling out of my uh, garage at around uh, 4.45, exactly 4.45 so I could get here and be able to talk to you guys this morning, and uh, wasn't paying attention. Who knows what's coming next? Uh, My truck side swiped. Who uh, neighbors who go here? Hi, are they? I don't even know if they're here. Hi, anyway, uh, uh, my neighbor's uh, light post, beautiful light post, a series of them bordering his property. They're very nice. I've never hit one in the six years or seven years that they've been up there. This morning was my day. <laughs> Knocked it flat. Truck's okay. It was mostly the mirror and the side rails, the side runner, um, and you don't care about that. But uh, 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 I didn't look. I was tired. I wasn't paying attention, guess what I hit? The light post in my path. I reaped from what I had sown. I did this, I got that. And here's a little sermon sidebar. I didn't know where to put this. Uh, so let me just say this quickly. Um, it's not just that you reap what you sow. The quality of what you reap uh, determines the quality of what you sow, right? Now, I didn't know where to put this, so I'm putting it here. Uh, if, if we put diminished junky seed uh, into the ground, spiritually, if we, we give a diminished junky effort in life, we're going to get a diminished junky harvest, okay? Uh, it's like uh, getting a bad sandwich. Anybody ever had a bad sandwich? You go to a restaurant that you know has this great sandwich and whatever, you know, maybe their cousin, you know, Eddie is, is working instead of the regular guy who builds the sandwiches or something, but it just comes out all wrong, Right? The bread is stale, Uh, you know, the the meat isn't fully cooked. Uh, It's got the wrong ingredients. Who hates getting the wrong ingredients? I specifically asked for no tomatoes because those are disgusting, right? But here they come and it's just all tomatoes. If uh, If you've got inferior ingredients, you've got a poor sandwich. But if you have superior ingredients, it makes for a delicious lunch. Healthy, robust seeds. In, uh, in, in what I'm saying is they make a good harvest. My point is this, we can't give the least and expect the most. This is an important thing for a church to hear at the beginning uh, of a day, of a year, uh, uh, as a reminder for life. You can't give little and expect much. In fact, I would uh, wager this, if the quality of your spiritual life um, is this kind of ratio thing, um, not always, but, but, but often the amount of effort and attention that you give to God um, corresponds to the amount of honor and blessing that he provides you in life. Now, gratefully, it, it's not tied to that specifically. Anybody, again, we won't go back to that whole thing. The grace of God is ours despite. Anybody grateful for that? But some of us get lazy and we're like, well, then I don't have to do anything. And I don't have to work on my Christ life, and I've been doing this for a long time. And I don't want to try new things or 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 going deeper into this life with Him. Vince Lombardi, the legendary coach of the Green Bay Packers, who the Super Bowl trophy is named after, uh, said this: "It's not practice that makes perfect; it's practice perfect that makes perfect. The quality of what you do in the basics affects the level of your success. So we reap what we sow." And certainly the quality of what we sow is a factor in what we yield. But I want to uh, take some time to unpack this next verse. It's pretty crucial because it kind of helps us understand it's not just uh, our seeds, it's the soil that we're planting them in. Read it and follow along with me. It says this, uh, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. I went to my uh, pantry last night and I grabbed... What I thought looked like seeds. This is my dog's kibble, all right? And uh, these are Cheerios. Thank you very much. Anyway, uh, uh, there's basically choices in life when it comes to seeds. You got good, the Cheerios are obviously the good seed. Dog food, but uh, there's good seed and there's bad seed, right? The right choices and the wrong. But what Paul says here is that you could sow to two fields, you could sow to your flesh, or you could sow to the spirit. So let's call these the spirit seeds, and let's call these the flesh seeds. The flesh here, uh, in in this translation, is not your you know your skin; it's your your spiritual sin nature. Uh, so you can you know put it another way: you could sow to what is light, or in the light of God, or you could sow to what is dark and in the darkness of sin, right? And so uh, it matters what seed we plant. The seeds here. Uh, being the choices or thoughts or actions of our lives, and it matters what soil we plant in. If you can kind of divide this stage with me, we'll put, uh, which side do you want to have the, be the good side? This one, is that okay? This will be the light, and this will be the dark. And this is what Paul says. Read it with me one more time, verse eight. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. It matters what we plant and get this. It matters where it's planted, flesh seeds, planted in flesh soil. What does it produce? Corruption. The Greek word for corruption is corruption is, is kind of a funny one to say. It's, it's an F and a th together, so it's ph-thora. F- 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 th- f- it's fun. F- th- you don't care. Phthora f- is the word uh, translated here, corruption. Uh, it means destruction, it it is most often used, get this, of decomposition of a body rotting after its death. I like that one best. Because if you take bad seeds and you spend your life living in bad fields, what's your result? You're gonna be planting bad seeds and bad soil and decomposition in your life is going to occur. let's take just a common occurrence in everyone's life. You get bent out of shape with someone that you're in a relationship with. They said something to offend you. You said something back. There's a fight going on. You have choices in that moment. You can pick which seeds you're going to sow. You can pick which fields you're going to sow them in. But here's what happens if you go flesh first. Lots of us do this, right? Well, he ticked me off. She's wrong, And because she's wrong, she's going to have to come to me first. So our first seeds are uh, seeds of uh, uh, arrogance. Seeds of, hey, it's their fault, not mine. So we drop those. And our second seeds are, you know what, every time I see them, I'm going to be angry because I am. And so anger is sown in our lives. And then we're going to turn that into long-term bitterness and resentment. And a grudge forms, and malice is sown in our lives. And we stay over here in the dark, and we toss out these bad seeds, and we wonder why life doesn't work. It's because there's, this is not, if you are in Christ, and even if you aren't yet, this is not how this is supposed to go. The ills of our world live in this field and sow these seeds. Paul gives the Galatians another option. He says, hey man, you can do that. But in the same instance where an offense has occurred, or a misunderstanding exists between you and another person, you don't have to go to that field. You can go to this field. You can go to the field that the spirit you know, uh, dug up for you. And instead of planting your old nature, your sin nature, you can start throwing the new nature that is the spirit in you. And so instead of taking offense, you humbly say, where was I at fault? And you sow that seed. And instead of saying, you know what, I'm going to hold the grudge. I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm going to call them right now. And you act in order to see reconciliation occur. And even if, listen, even if that happens and you make that phone call and they tell you, and they increase uh, the hurt, and decrease the peace. Guess what you do in that situation? It's called mercy. It's called ready forgiveness, something that has to occur if they ask for it. But you're, you're in a posture of not, oh, well, I tried, and now I'm back over here. Where's my other bag? I told you, Pastor Mark, it would never work, and that's why they're out of my will, and that's why I'm never talking to them again, and that's why we're getting divorced. and that oh. And I feel like this is my job. My job as a, as a, as a fellow uh, follower of Jesus Christ and your shepherd is to say this field, this seed, we shall reap what we sow, it matters what we plant, and it matters where we plant. So that uh, leads me to this. Everybody in here? Grab your phones for a second, take out your notes page. Or if you're writing like old-fashioned with a pen and stuff like that, that's cool. But we're going to do a quick seed check, soil check. It's kind of like the discount double check, you know. But it's the seed check, soil check. Here's the daily questions I want you to ask yourself this year. First of all, what am I planting? Which bag am I throwing seed from? In whatever area of your life, let God lead you in that. But in your relationships, in your own thought life, uh, in your uh, uh, you know, work world, in your school world, which field you, which field you' digging up and, and tilling rows in? Uh, and what kinds of seeds are you planting? What am I planting, and what field am I inhabiting? And then, having honestly answered that questions or that question, uh, answer this one: What do I need to go from here? to hear in that particular aspect of my life? Do I need to talk to someone? Probably. Do I need to get people to pray for me? Absolutely. Do I need to uh, make the first move? Almost certainly. Yeah, these are the things that, um, again, basics things that we just need to kind of slow down long enough to remember, oh, yeah, I've got to do these. I've got to live these. One more time. What seeds are you planting? What fields are you posted up in? And how do those things need to change? If you're dissatisfied with your harvest, change your seed and change your soil. If you don't like what you're getting, change what you've done. We reap what we sow, and these next two are going to go super fast. And we're like, two? Oh, he's got two more. We reap what we sow, and then we reap more than we sow. Jesus taught us this when he was uh, explaining to his disciples uh, how the kingdom of heaven works. He says, listen, my gospel, he didn't call it that, but he called it a seed. My gospel is going to go out to lots of different people, and there's different soils uh, that the the seed is going to fall on. There's going to be one soil, though, that accepts the seed, and in Mark chapter 4, verse 20, um, uh, those seeds that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30 and 60 and 100 fold. Now, again, Farm 101, if you put one seed in the ground, your yield is gonna far exceed one seed or one fruit. In fact, if you plant, we're in, we're in orange country, if you plant an orange tree, you know how many years you're gonna probably get out of your orange tree as far as yield, 25. So my, my wife, uh, Eleanor, planted an orange tree in my front yard. We, uh, I think we've had one, okay, we've had one orange. It's pretty short, it's, we're, we're on our way. But once it gets like full grown and starts popping oranges off, you know how many, how many, how many oranges do you think are on a, a mature orange tree every season? A million? No, it's too high. It's, it's, it's between 100 and 300. So let's just round it off to 200, is that okay? We'll take the average? So it's like 200 oranges uh, on, on a mature tree for 25 years, one more thing, every orange has 10 seeds in it, on average, okay? So you don't have to do the math. You don't have to pull out your phones. How much is that? 25 years of 200 oranges every season, of oranges that have uh, 10 seeds in them, is 50,000 seeds from the one, okay?